Hello and welcome to the Feck It Fun, Fabulous and Free Eating Disorder Recovery Podcast. I'm Helly and I'm here to provide regular bursts of information and inspiration, some neuroscience applicable to eating disorder recovery, perhaps a few rants, but otherwise lots of positivity with a bit of a Feck It attitude, some fun and a sprinkling of fabulousness to help everyone find freedom in recovery. Hi, and thanks for listening to today's episode of the Feckett Fun Fabulous and Free Eating Disorder Recovery Podcast. Today's topic is one that is crucial to many people in eating disorder recovery, and one that's often brushed over or not taken seriously enough in treatment traditionally. And that's the topic of compulsive exercise and compulsive movement, including lower level movement, that can be so prevalent with an eating disorder. And of course, the lower level movement is the silly things like standing when you could be sitting or fidgeting. So in today's episode, I want to talk about why exercise compulsion is something we need to be aware of and talk about in eating disorder recovery. Why should we focus on it? And why does it matter when you are trying to overcome a powerful eating disorder? And of course, What exactly do we mean by the term compulsive exercise and lower level movement? For me, exercise and compulsive movement was a huge part of my eating disorder. And for a long time, it was the hardest part of the illness to overcome or make progress in. In earlier recovery attempts, I could make myself eat more when I had to, but the movement and exercise was something I never made much headway in addressing. And because of that, it was probably the one thing I never imagined ever being able to overcome. Even during admissions to eating disorder units, I was the one exercising in my room, always fidgeting, driving the other patients mad. And I'm so sorry to any of you listening if you did spend time with me in an eating disorder unit and you can remember me being the one always fidgeting. I am so, so sorry now. But the movement was such a huge part of the illness for me and such a powerful part. And I used to tell the staff on those units that I was doing it because I didn't want to be doing it. I used to beg them to help me stop, but no one took it seriously enough and no one seemed to know how to address it with me. So it was never really addressed until I managed eventually to find my own solution to it and make myself stop. And happily, I came out the other side, now able to sit as much as I need and want to. So if that's you right now, feeling the compulsive movement or exercise is plaguing you and you're not sure it will ever leave you in peace. I know we are not the same and everyone is different with the illness and in terms of recovery. But I really do think that anyone can overcome it if you focus on stopping find ways to manage the distress that arises when you are trying to stop. Maybe use accountability partners or just use anything or anyone to help you. I do believe if you are focused enough on wanting to stop the compulsive exercise and recover, you will and can overcome it. But then what exactly is compulsive movement? When we talk about formal exercise, it's easy to identify it in recovery as something that should not be done. 
anything that's being deliberately physically active in a very recognized exercise way in order to manipulate your weight or shape and as a way to respond to the eating disorder's demands to keep moving is easy to identify. So things like putting your trainers on and going for a run, going swimming, going to the gym, taking part in formal sports are all blatantly understood as being exercise and even Joe Public can identify that as exercise. But what about lighter exercise? The yeah but it's good for me and my doctor even says it's okay for me to do it kind of exercise. With this we're perhaps talking about going for walks, a bit of yoga or pilates, gentle movement, things that people say is good for anxiety and good for mental health and good to be out in the fresh air and sunshine so there's no harm to it. People might even say, well, this person in recovery is going through all the hard work and anxiety of eating more and doing better at dropping some more intensive forms of exercise. So what's the harm in them going for a walk or doing a bit of yoga? Well, yep, walks, yoga, things like that are all great for the mental health of someone who has not got an eating disorder with compulsive movement attached to it. So, okay, yes, I did recovery in the past where I was encouraged to continue to walk or I was encouraged to replace the swimming I was doing with yoga and health professionals even pushed me into these things when they should have been helping me. And what then happened pretty quickly was the walks became compulsive and the yoga became compulsive and the mental addiction to it and compulsion to it was just as powerful and strong and just as miserable and depressing as it was when I was doing other forms of exercise. It definitely, definitely was not good for my mental health. And ultimately in making those trade-ins, I was just negotiating with the eating disorder and just swapping one compulsion with another one and it did absolutely nothing to help me recover. Because yes, okay, I might have stopped going to the gym and gone through that difficult process and replaced it with walking instead. But then the walking became so compulsive that I would be filled with dread if I could not take that walk at 12 o'clock that I always did. Or I would keep walking even when I was exhausted or sick and completely depleted, never letting myself stop despite being so desperate to stop. I couldn't go a day without doing the yoga that I was starting to do as a form of relaxation. And eventually everything just snowballed into longer times of movement or higher impact with whatever it was. And as I said before, it was all just as mentally crippling and disabling in life terms too as any other forms of exercise ever were. And all of this compulsive exercise and compulsive movement, it's all so disabling of your life, even if it isn't physically damaging, which it will be because with an eating disorder, you are eating with restriction and so your body is depleted and underfueled, no matter what your weight or shape is. So even if it is just yoga or just walking, it's still damaging to the body as it's pushing an under-resourced body to an unnecessary physical use. But, you know, even if we did say it wasn't physically damaging, it's still mentally disabling and socially crippling 
when you can't meet your friends because it would interrupt with your yoga routine, or when you're pushing yourself to walk despite having the flu. It's really, really damaging to your life and it's miserable and horrible to live that way. But all of this, talking about the yoga or walking, is still talking about things that people might still consider exercise. And so you might be able to get your head still around stopping the walking and yoga or other lighter forms of formal exercise in that way, even though it's hard. Great. Good. Do that and stop it. But now we also need to talk about the lower level movement. And this is the sneaky stuff. This is the stuff that only you know you are doing and recognise. This is the stuff that those people around you won't necessarily know you are doing because it's part of your ED and compulsive. So what exactly do I mean by lower level movement? It's things like standing when you could be sitting, which is oh so miserable. I did that for years. It's miserable. It's things like doing the housework when it really doesn't need doing. It's doing the gardening. It's using the upstairs loo when you have a perfectly functioning toilet downstairs. Or it's using the stairs several times a day when you really don't need to. Perhaps deliberately leaving things upstairs so that you have to go back up and get them. It's jiggling your leg when you do sit down. And I'm not giving you these examples as things that you need to latch onto and start doing if you have compulsive movement. These examples are so that you can recognise them in yourself, identify them and own up to them in your own mind and even to those around you, making yourself stop them. And it's often these things that only you know you are doing. Someone else in the house doesn't know you are going upstairs when you didn't need to. These things you have to be accountable to yourself about doing and make sure you do address all these things. Because ultimately, if you don't address these things in recovery, you won't recover. The lower level movement and the exercise are all tied into the eating disordered neural network in your mind. And so if you keep engaging in them and the lower level movement pathway is tied into the restrictive eating pathway in your brain, then by engaging in the movement, you will find that you've also fired off the restriction path and then you'll find that eating without restriction is so much more challenging too. Because these pathways are all interlinked in your brain. Trigger one off and it triggers others, and then it snowballs, keeping you stuck in loops of disordered paths, behaviours, thoughts, habits, and ultimately keeping you stuck in that disordered life. So this is where it is really important to stop everything all at once, Stop the movement, stop the restriction, stop the other compensatory behaviours altogether so that your brain has to find and develop a whole new recovery positive neural network that will see you strongly into a much healthier and happier future and get you to the full recovery that you really, really do deserve. So that's my little episode about lower level movement and compulsive exercise today. And I will do more episodes on this topic because it's such a big part of many people's eating disorder. But that's it for today's episode. Any questions for me, then please let me know by email or through my website. 
and otherwise you can find out more about me and my coaching on hellybarnes.com and I'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Feck It Fun Fabulous and Free Eating Disorder Recovery Podcast. Don't forget, eating disorder recovery doesn't have to be boring and doesn't have to be serious. Now go and grab yourself some food and have a fabulous rest of the day.